Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer on this Thursday morning, October 21st. So glad to have you along. My name is Tom Short and we are together today as we will get into the word of God and discuss why is it that people are falling away from the faith. So many people are leaving the faith, prominent people. And again, as I've said before, as you look around churches these days, so many of them are lacking young people. And this is of great concern for us. And this morning, I want to talk specifically about young people. But also, all of us can be affected by the same temptation. And that is dealing with the issue of sexual immorality. We live in a very sex-saturated culture, as you know. We are in the third generation of the sexual revolution that started in the late 50s, early 60s. It came through academia. It came through our music. It came through the Playboy uh, pornography epidemic, and it has saturated our country. And indeed, we currently have a generation, the first generation growing up, that grew up with the Internet. And, of course, we know what that brings in terms of temptation with it. You probably heard me say before, there are two reasons a person walks away from the faith. One is the reason that sounds good, and the other is the real reason. Well, this is particularly true when it relates to uh, the sexual immorality. No one wants to admit they're walking away from God, they're walking away from the truth, they're denying the truth because they're overcome by sexual temptation. People don't want to admit that because it makes them look weak. They'd rather say they're smart, I'm intellectual, I've, I believe in science, I've, I've understood the Bible's just an old book of fairy tales written by a bunch of old white men or whatever they would say. I've heard all these excuses on campus more times than I can count. But I have found that people who give intellectual reasons are almost always also overcome by sexual temptation. Now, this is not to, to deny the importance of us having an answer, which we talked about two days ago, having answers for the problems that people face and the, the, the intellectual problems that people face. We've got to be able to answer those because whether they realize it or not, those are legitimate stumbling blocks. I mean, they claim they're legitimate stumbling blocks, even if they don't realize how important it is, the moral claim or the, the moral issue. What am I saying? your morality, more often than not, will dictate your theology. It's a very important point to realize. Your morality will dictate your theology. If you're walking uprightly with the Lord, your theology will be more right, more accurate. And if you're living in sin secretly or publicly, especially sins of sexual immorality, which we'll see in here in a moment, your theology will be skewed. Your theology will be inaccurate. Your theology will be a false theology. You will be subject to error. Peter writes to us in Second, excuse me, First Peter chapter two, verse eleven. I urge you, as strangers and aliens, to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. We must realize this. We live in a culture, sexual lust has always been a problem, but it's out in the open like never before. It's accessible like never before. The pornography epidemic is accessible to, to young people, to children, like never before. 
we don't like to think this. We don't like to think our kids are involved in this. We don't. We like to think it's a problem with other people besides ours. No, let me tell you, if your child has access to a phone or has friends who have access to a phone, you better be aware they're beginning to see things at ages that are young beyond your comprehension. Don't be naive to this. Satan, we don't want to be naive to his schemes, and his schemes are to, to trap young people in pornography and sexual curiosity and, and sexual sin much younger, much earlier than you or I could imagine or fathom. It's robbing of their innocence. We don't want to talk to them about these type things at a young, young age. And we think, well, maybe once they reach adolescence or teen years, we can talk to them about it. I got to say, that's too late. I can almost guarantee by the time they reach adolescence, very few children in America, very few children in the world now, in the world, have not been exposed to explicit, gross, terrible pornography that scars the mind and wages war against the soul. You know, we're told often that sex, I'm, I'm here all the time now, sex is nothing but a biological act. It's recreational. It's, it's just physical. There's nothing more to it. This is the hookup generation. Believe it or not, people are meeting one another, having sex that the day they meet and never seeing one another again. It's a, it is literally a hookup. It's a, a, they don't even know one another's names at times. And this is what our culture is, and our campuses are, have degraded into. And we're told it's just biological, nothing more. But Peter tells us sexual immorality wages war against the soul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul talks a lot about the body. Verse 18, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. There's something internal. And he, he says there earlier in verse, um, in verse 13, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality, he says. Every other sin is outside the body. The immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, who is not your own? For you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. I often hear this verse used about don't smoke or don't drink or, you know, take care of your body. Your body's the temple of the Lord. What's the direct context? Don't be sexually immoral. Because your body is a member of Christ. Your body belongs to Christ. Don't give your body to someone, a prostitute. Don't give your body in sexual immorality. Rather, your body is to be reserved for the Lord. Now, some things to say quickly is understand, this is not saying, we have to help young people understand, we don't believe sex is wrong. I often tell people on campus, you know, if you're only going to live to be 18 years old, then sure, surely God's restrictions on sexual 
activity, sexual behavior, to be only within marriage might seem like God's a killjoy and withholding something from you. But if you're going to live a long, full life, as I have, 64 years old now, you're going to be living, um, God's God's commandments are designed to give you a lifetime of fulfillment, happiness, satisfaction, and unity with a wife so that you have the real good chance of having a happy, secure, and stable family. Many people don't realize, many young people don't realize they're, they're throwing away their ability to have the family they ought to have, they'd want to have, by activities they do long before they even meet their, their, their uh, one day to be spouse. And they're joining themselves to people in a way that's going to make it more difficult to have a happy, stable, and secure marriage. And so we've got, to, we've got to make the case. I speak about this quite often. I've got videos on this down below. And I, and I um, um, many t- you know, I, I'll have to make other materials available because we have the best way, my friends. We have the best way. I've said it many times before, and I'll say it again. The Christian life, the way we as Christians live, is far superior to anything the world offers us. Far superior to anything the devil offers us. Far, far, far and away. I would not trade what I have at this stage in my life for anything that a pornographer or a prostitute or, a, or, or anyone else has. And you, I'll bet you, I hope you can say the same thing. And sometimes we need to say this to our young people. I say it on campus all the time. I often hold up a picture of me and Hugh Hefner, and I say to him, who, who has the better love life? It's not him, because he doesn't have one. It's me, because I have a love life that's given to me by God, all right? What if you've sinned in this area? What if you've already sinned? Again, I want to say I have seen more people walk away from God because they are defeated in sexual immorality. They're defeated in pornography. They're defeated in an affair. They've had an adultery or they're committing fornication. And they end up, it hardens their heart, it hardens their soul, and they walk away from God. And they leave God. And many times become antagonistic towards God. You can't keep saying you believe one thing and living the opposite way. If you say that you believe the Bible, you can't keep living in direct defiance of the Bible. Sooner or later, you'll either repent of your sins or you'll stop believing the Bible. And so what happens? Well, when we sin, we need to confess that to God. We need to confess our sins to God. And if there's others we've harmed in the process, we should confess to them as well. Make things right. But we come under the blood of Christ. Folks, you don't earn your salvation before or after salvation, after receiving Christ. You don't, you're not given salvation as a free gift before at salvation through simply confessing in faith in Christ. And then later on, like, you know, years after you're a Christian, now you've got to earn your salvation or you've got to work for it. You've got to balance it out. No, we always begin with confession to God. God, I have sinned. I'm sorry. If, you've, if you're struggling with sexual temptation, you need to confess. Psalm 51, where David confessed his sin with Bathsheba, that's where you should focus. Spend time and confess to God in the way David did in Psalm 51. Claim the blood of Christ. Claim your forgiveness. Walk in it. Come back to God. Come to him through the blood of Christ. But secondly, then you've got to get the victory. And there's so much on this, and I don't have time this morning to go into it all, 
But the verse I do want to give is Romans 13, verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. No provision. In our day and age, this is so easy to make provision. And I speak specifically about the internet, but I also want to speak about other relationships, work relationships, other relationships where you're playing with fire and you're, you're not really sinning, but you're getting close. Just coming home from Kansas City this week, uh, overheard a conversation with people sitting next to me and they, they worked together. They were both going to a conference together, a married man and a married woman. All right. And they, they weren't trapped. They were going to the same, excuse me, they're going to the same conference together. And they got to talking about work and HR and hiring this person, all kinds of work-related stuff. But they're going to be three days in this other city. And the guy mentioned that, you know, on, on one of the evenings, he'd be going out to, um, you know, going out to eat to a bar or whatever and asking if she would be available. And she said, well, I won't be available tomorrow night, but I'd be available Tuesday night. Now, they're just hanging out together. They both had, both had on a wedding ring. They both seem like decent people. But I'll tell you, playing with fire. You take someone from work, a guy and a girl that works together, that shares similar problems and encourages one another. You're at an out of town, another conference, going out to eat together, a guy and a girl. I tell you, you're playing with fire. I would encourage him. I'd encourage you. Have that Mike Pence rule, right? I don't go out to eat with, I, I don't go somewhere alone with another woman. If my wife is not there, sorry. And if there's other, if there's a group, that might be one thing, but never having dinner or going to an event or something, even with someone that would be work-related, ministry-related, I just don't do it. Make no provision, no opportunity for the flesh in regard to its lust. And then finally, I want to say with our young people, I mentioned earlier, they're growing up in a time when they, knowing right from wrong, and they get exposed to things, they get an email about this or that, do this with your body part, get this bigger or whatever, you know. They get emails that come to them. They get texts. They get, they see things They they on TikTok or, or some other social media. Monitor this carefully. But you, I hate to say it, you're, you're not able to monitor it fully. And so you've got to prepare them that when they see certain things that make them uncomfortable or seem like this would be something that would not be right, that would violate natural modesty, i.e. there's nudity in action. You know, ask them, have they seen this? And if so, talk to them about it and explain to them these things are not right. And there are bad people on the Internet who post things like this. It might not seem like they're bad. It might even be a friend. But people who post things like this, this is wrong, inappropriate, this is bad. And they shouldn't be looking at it. It can become easily addictive and then it, and because it's sinful and because it's done in secret, it can pull their heart away from God. Help them understand this. Monitor, but monitoring, uh, it's going to slip by if that's all you count on is monitoring. You've got to talk to them. All right? Father in heaven, we think of the world in which we live, and it is, we think of Romans, how you said that you have given them over because they would not honor God, given over to sexual immorality. And Father, I just have to believe that with the communication and the internet we face in our world today, it's, it's unlike ever in the history of the world. It's not just an American problem, it's a worldwide problem. It's a problem wherever people have access to a phone, 
with pictures on it, it's a problem. And Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you would protect our youth, our children, our husbands and wives, our families. We know, Lord, we live in a culture that increasingly we must see ourselves as strangers and aliens. And we live in a hostile area that wages war against our soul. And I pray, Father, that we would guard our hearts, guard what we look at, guard what we listen to, our children, our families, our churches, our church members, our young people. Guard what they see, guard what they hear, so that they can guard over and watch over their heart with all diligence. Father, we know that this sin in particular, it's so subtle, it's so it's so uh, devious, it, it sneaks into our minds, our thoughts, our behaviors. It, it's so tempting. Help us, Father. Help us to protect. The walls are broken down, Father. The walls of protection have been broken down. It's like the enemy has breached the wall and has access to the minds of our, our young people, and the hearts and the eyes of our young people. Oh God, we cry out for this. We pray and thank you that the power of the gospel can bring forgiveness and cleansing. We thank you, Father, that your will for us is our sanctification. That is that we will abstain from sexual immorality and will not be like the world will not be like the Gentiles. They don't know God. They've got a whole different agenda. They live differently. They have different goals. They have different values, different standards. Help us, Father, be willing to be different. Help us on our young people and our families. Help us to be willing to stand out, to be, to be different than what the world, what the world thinks is okay. Help us to realize it's not. Father, put a hedge of protection around us. Put a hedge of protection around our children and their friends, the friends they have. Put a hedge of protection around the men. Our, Lord, put a hedge of protection around our pastors and their families, around all of us. We cry out for this. Lord, it, seems, it just seems overwhelming like this giant tsunami is flooding our nation, flooding the world, and what can we do? Help us, Lord, to rise up to safety, to make no provision for the flesh, as we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are our solution, our helper, our refuge, our stronghold. We come to you for strength, Jesus. We come to you for strength that we could never find and protection that we'll never find without you. Lord, I pray today for anyone who has been defeated in this area of sexual immorality, pornography or fornication or even an affair. Help them, Lord, to repent from their heart, from the depths of their heart, not a, not a superficial or just a, 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 an apathetic or a legalistic repentance, but a genuine heart repentance. Restore the joy of their salvation. Restore a purity and holiness, we pray. We ask for them. We give you this day. We thank you that we are overcomers. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who's the one who overcomes, but the one who believes Jesus is the Christ. We stand firm in you today. We want to be overcomers, and we thank you that we can and will be through Jesus Christ. We bless you now, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining me today. It's an important message. Make sure you share this with others, okay? Make sure you like, hit the notify button if you're new. 
If you're new, subscribe, notify, and if you um, uh, and hit the share button. Let's build our audience and, and invite others to join our channel. We do believe to be in the Word of God every day makes a difference. And this these particular sets of messages, there's so many falling away, and just maybe some of the things we talk about in these this 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 week and next will warn some people and protect them from falling away. You know, Scripture says, if you turn a brother back, if you find a brother who's gone astray and you turn him back, you're blessed. God bless you. You have a great day. Walk with the Lord. Be an overcomer. You can be. And we'll see you tomorrow morning right here, 8.30 a.m. Until then, the Lord be with you. Bye-bye.